You're clocked out. We're locked in. You're listening to Crunch Time with Miguez and Mesh here on The Game. 1037 Lafayette and 1041 Lake Charles, Southwest Louisiana's sports station. Welcome to a Tuesday edition of Crunch Time with Miguez and Mesh here on The Game. It's 1037 Lafayette, 1041 Lake Charles. It's a game day Tuesday. Everybody's playing tonight. Cajuns and Tigers playing each other. That'll be fun in Baton Rouge. The Pelicans have game two against the Suns. Can they tie the series? The Astros playing the Angels in the juice box again tonight. Big win for the Strohs last night, but it, it came at a cost. Jose Altuve had to leave the game in the eighth inning with a hamstring injury. What's the story on that? How long will he be out? You know, he he dealt with hamstring issues a couple years ago. He ended up missing two months of the season. Obviously, you hope that that's not the same fate again because, man, in the eighth inning, you're up four runs. And that's when your star second baseman gets hurt? Yikes. I mean, I know hindsight's twenty twenty, but I'm sure Dusty Baker's sitting there going, hmm, maybe I should have pulled him. I don't know. We'll see. Producer extraordinaire slash co-host with the most, Mr. James Mesh, having a much better hair day today than he did yesterday. James E, good afternoon, my friend. How are you? It's not even that good. It's not, it's, it's, not, it's not even that good of a day. It, it's better. It's better. Yesterday, you left the hat on all day. Oh, yeah. Yesterday I, was not a good one. So you're getting there. Maybe, who knows? Tomorrow might be your day. Tomorrow might be your day. A little bit better oh. every single day. <laughs> sure. We'll go with that. <laughs> oh, but, man. It's been a it's been a good Tuesday so far. Yeah, it, it, it actually it, it hasn't been a bad Tuesday. I, uh, I'm I'm shocked you're saying that. Got to got to keep positive vibes up, right? You know, it's all good. It's all good. Um, so <laughs> we we talked yesterday about <laughs> a funny interaction that that I had with Rage Occasions head baseball coach. Matt Dex. And it, it doesn't really pertain to the game of baseball in any way. I mean, it kind of does. I mean, it, it does. It does. That's so, so, so the backstory is the, the, at the end of the press conference, you know, they're, they're getting ready to wrap up the press conference. And Coach Dex actually kind of got a little aggravated that the press conference was ending as early as it was. And so he was like, come on, man. Somebody's got to have something. So your boy stepped up to the plate and asked him what his plan was for second base. And this is what went down. That's it. Nothing else. Nothing. Okay, well, you want one. Nothing. I've got one for you. All right. Second base. Yeah, you got any ideas? Are you going to keep doing by committee or? I don't know. What you think? All right, stop it right there. I mean, I'm not the coach. 
Uh, James, I want you to put yourself in my situation. I ask him a casual question. You know, all season long, he's been going back and forth between Warner Rinconis and Bobby Ledet, you know, switching them in and out. So now, you know, late April, month left in the year, you're going to have to kind of start getting a plan together, right? Yeah. So I, I, you want to you want to have some consistency. I asked him a very simple question: Is your plan <laughs> to keep doing it by committee, or have have you settled on one? Like, what's what can fans expect? And Matt Deggs looks at me <laughs> and says, "I don't know. What do you think?" Um, excuse me, sir. I, I'm just a journalist here to ask the questions. I, I, I just, I'm, not, I'm not the one to answer them. I don't make the lineups. <laughs> I'm not. That's why I said I'm not the coach. If he, but after that first time where he's like, I, I want to know what you think. I would have given. I would have said what I think, and instead of me just trying to, instead of you like backing was, out of it twice, I would have just gone for it after so the first time. I was trying so hard to get away from that from that answer because <laughs> I. But you actually had an answer. I did. Go ahead and play. It. What would you do? What would you do? I don't know if I want to answer that coach. Do it. Do it. Seriously? Yeah. Uh, probably Rincones. Really? Why? I think he's a better defender. He is. He's a good defender. I think he's a better defender. He's a good defender. I'm just so offensive minded. Nope. <laughs> and that's just how I am. So are you, are we, take a straw poll. <laughs> So, I finally give him my answer, and I, I say Warner and Conus, and, and he asks me why. And I said simply because I think Rinconis is a better defender. I mean, you got loads of bats. You got four guys in the lineup hitting over 300. I don't know that another bat is, is really what you need. You do, however, need somebody in the middle infield other than Kyle DeBarge that can field ground balls. So I said Rinconis. Kevin Foote agreed with me. And that's when <laughs> Matt Dex goes, Oh, why don't we take a straw poll? Well, why don't we just ask around? Everybody give their vote. <laughs> this is democracy. So I'm I'm so ready to see the starting lineup for tonight for the Cajuns. Because I am going I'm I'm telling you right now, James, and listeners. I'm hoping for like a 15-13 the, 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 game. The listener can can agree or disagree. Maybe that's a, maybe that should have been our poll question. Who who would you start Bobby Lane? <laughs> Lede or Rinconis? <laughs> for Rinconis. I'm telling you right now, if Rinconis is in the lineup, I am retweeting that picture and saying I had something to do with that. I made the lineup. <laughs> I that was me, boys. That should that all that actually should have been the uh, poll question is who's going to win Cajuns or LSU? Well, that's what they did this morning. Oh, did they? That's why I asked before the show. I had asked you if we should just use the same poll question from this morning. I don't want to. Yeah. I don't want to piggyback off. Well, so we'll do this. Is Go, it still open? It is. Okay, so we'll do. Go this. Go vote on both of them. Go vote on both of them. So our poll question is: Will the Pelicans defeat the Suns in Game Two and even the series? And then. RP3's poll question from this morning is who's going to win tonight, Cajuns or Tigers? So far, the Cajuns and Tigers poll, 51 people have voted today. 64%, 65% actually, I'm sorry, say Cajuns, 35% say the Tigers. 
And some of these comments, man, they're they're hilarious. Uh, I was one, gonna say they've got they got some strong fan bases on both sides. One guy goes, J.K. says Cajuns, but does it really matter? Both teams are mired in the midst of a mediocre, underperforming season. Even after the snooze-fest battle of each team's fourth-best pitcher on a Tuesday night, only one team is going to wake up tomorrow morning with a winning record in their conference. And win or lose, that would be the Cajuns. Ooh. It would be. Cajuns are 9-6 and six in the Sun Belt right now. Sick bird. Tigers are 7-8. and eight, So even if they win, to, there's, they, uh, yeah, still, they, it wouldn't even count towards their conference record. So they're still going to have a losing record in the, in the SEC. Brad Newell who, as much as we love Brad, we all know he's an LSU guy. <laughs> LSU is going to is gonna want to rebound from getting swept and will come out ready to play. Going to send the red hot chili peppers back under the bridge. I think, I think Brad said on Friday, if, if I recall correctly, that they were going to sweep Arkansas. He did say that. I think he, I think he did. He did say that. And, uh, and then he says, go Tigers. And then Caleb Broussard says that the Cajuns are hotter right now, which I agree with. And, and that's, that's honestly, uh, I know I say that and everybody's like, oh, well, you know, you're a Cajuns guy, you're biased. No, I'm being, I'm, I'm being down the middle here. I think the Cajuns are the hotter team. And I think LSU is struggling with midweek pitching, and the Cajuns have hot bats. And, I, and I'll even go as far as say the Cajuns are struggling with midweek pitching also. So they might break the scoreboard at Alex Box tonight. I'm, that's what I was saying. It's, I was hope, I'm be, hoping for a 15-13 game. It's going to be 10-9, 11-9. It, it's going to be high scoring. It will be. Because Alex Box is a hitter park, and both teams are heavily Hitters. offensive. But if, but if that's the case, then shouldn't we expect Bobby Lede in there? So, <laughs> you, 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 would, you would think that, right? Okay. However, if you look at the batting numbers, on the season, Rinconis has a better average. Uh-huh. Granted, neither one of them are great. Rinconis is batting 188. Lede is batting 182. <laughs> All right. Did you see what RP3 just said? Um, he said, Kevin and I really hope it's not a 15-13 game. Stop, stop saying, saying that. Yeah, because they're riding together. <laughs> <laughs> they're not. Hey, they're not getting home till one. Y- y- Ray, am I wrong? Am I wrong? Neither team is pitching well. I, I mean, other than their weekend guys, and I mean L- LSU isn't pitching that well on the weekends as of late. Do we want other just than call Hilliard? It, do we want to just call it at seven innings? <laughs> Hell, they might have to. <laughs> they might have to. Yeah, I, I just I don't see how this game. Yeah, he does agree with me. He does agree with me. He he texted us back saying correct. Yeah. I mean, both teams are hot at the plate. Neither one of them are pitching or playing defense very well. There's going to be runs scored. If I was writing the post-game recap tonight from Alex Box, it'd be a novel. <laughs> yeah, we're going to I write I write long recaps for low-scoring games. <laughs> yeah. You find ways I think my one from from Friday night, the the one that they lost seven to five, I uh, I think it was a thousand words. I think I wrote a thousand words. 
Yeah. Uh, I, I wrote a novel. You're, you're built different, me guys. I'm, I'm built different. You know, you're, and you know what's, you know what's funny? RP3, whenever we're reading out a sec, it kind of feels like he's our imaginary friend. Since, since he's not, you can't actually hear him and we're just kind of speaking for him. You know, <laughs> that that's a great point. How come Raymond Parsh Third never calls into this show? He'll, he'll text his thoughts. Yeah. But he doesn't hit the game hotline. Which you should. If Which you're you listening. absolutely should. 706-011. It's an don't, easy number. Don't forget that 337 area code. Oh, yeah. 337-706-011. If you have a television with an antenna or LUS fiber and you want to watch us while we talk sports, you can do that too. Stadium 32.3 and channel 133 on LUS Fiber. we got a great show today. We have Cajun's audio from Matt Deggs. We have LSU audio from Jay Johnson. We have a softball game for the Cajuns to recap. Good God almighty, that's a lot of runs. In five innings as In well. In five innings. <laughs> 19 to nothing. That's my kind of game. Golly, <laughs> man. Oh, man. Game game one of this Cajuns spring break road trip for softball is uh, it's off to a good start. They've got a double header either today or tomorrow. I'm drawing a blank on that. I'll confirm that before the next segment. Here on the game, 1037 Lafayette and 1041 Lake Charles. It's Southwest Louisiana's sports station. Got something to say to Miguez and Mesh? Hell yeah! It's easy. Just call the hotline by dialing 337-706-0111. Now, back to more Crunch Time with Miguez and Mesh. Here on the game. 1037 Lafayette and 1041 Lake Charles. Southwest Louisiana's sports station. The game. 1037 Lafayette and 1041 Lake Charles wants to take you out to the ball game with our latest Astros weekend getaway. The Houston Astros take on the Texas Rangers in the Lone Star Series on May 21st, and you can be there. Register in the game clubhouse, 1037thegame.com or 1041thegame.com to get four tickets, a ballpark tour, and hotel accommodations that Saturday night. Astros weekend getaways are powered by Butcher Air Conditioning, Le Meridian, Houston, downtown, and The Game. It's Southwest Louisiana's sports station. Welcome back to Crunch Time with Miguez and Mesh. Matt Miguez, James Mesh, just in case you didn't know, there's a there's a refresher for you. I, I think you should actually like sing that little part of that. When it was like, we want... We want to take you out to, to the, the ball, ball game. game. Hey, that take might be you out with the crowd. That might not be a bad idea. That you might have something there. James. I, d- I did that whenever I did that during Jordy's show today. Did you? Yeah, it was it was like on the spot. I was like, "Ooh, sing this part, James." Ooh, ooh, I, I like. I got ball. the chills. Got the goosebumps. <laughs> yeah. Like Ed Sheeran says, "I got the shivers." Oh, I love that song. What a Two. Do you, what about two step? Two step was really good as well. You didn't listen to that one. By Ed Sheeran? Yeah. No. You did. Oh, it's I a only, part of the same album. Dude, I only know Shivers because of TikTok. Go listen to Two Step. Come on, man. Go listen to Two Step whenever we're done. Will the Pelicans defeat the Suns tonight and tie the series? 
So far, 65% of you say, uh, well, actually, just update it. 63% of you say, uh, no. And 38% of you say, uh, heck yeah. Got two comments. Darren Francis says, whoever vote, whoever votes yes needs to stop drinking on the job. Hashtag sweep. Okay, well, we're starting off great there. <laughs> Wait till you get to this other one. <laughs> Steve Flint, our main man, Steve. Better poll question. How many points will the Suns beat the Pelicans by tonight? A, 5 to 10. B, 11 to 15. C, 16 to 20. And D, who cares? Well, way to be optimistic, Mr. Steve Flint. We love the positive energy that is being sent to Phoenix, Arizona. Really. I'm all for it. All about it. I need more Ollie Cassells in my life. Ollie thinks we're going to win? Well, no. Ollie's just naturally more optimistic. Oh. He doesn't think they're going to well, win tonight. Yeah. He think it, they had a better chance on Sunday. Man, if you would have just shot the ball better in the first half. <laughs> I mean, if you would have just scored more points. Well, okay. <laughs> I, I mean, that's obvious, but like... What was it? 31% at half from the field? Like, if that number's up to 45, you probably win that game. They did not shoot the ball well in the first half. No, and Jonas had quite a few misses, and he was getting his own rebounds and then making them. It's like, I would have rather the bucket automatically. Like Jared Reed said yesterday, 25 rebounds is fantastic. But I would have much rathered 17 rebounds and seven more points. I mean, could you imagine a stat line of 25 and 18? That'd be ridiculous for game one of the playoffs. That's the kind of night that they needed out of Jonas Valanciunas. Once again, the game hotline 70601. One one, if you want to chime in here on Crunch Time with Miguez and Mesh, hotline ringing off the hook. Wallace joins the show. What's going on, Wallace? Nothing much. Just chilling and watching y'all on TV. Hey man, what's going on? Nothing much. Uh, the Pelicans ain't going past the first round. Wallace, why why you think that? Because my team is not in it. Who's 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 your team? L.A. Lakers. Oh. <laughs> Wallace, you shouldn't have said that, bud. Wallace, why? Why? I've been a Lakers fan since way before Kobe, way before LeBron. Well, I'll, I'll give you that. I'll give you that. That's respect. I've been uh, the Magic Johnson and uh, Elijah, not Elijah, one, uh, Abdul. James Worthy. At least you can. At least you can hang with your team during the tough times. I, I I respect that. I really do. Yeah. Have a great day. Thanks, Wallace. Appreciate you. Man, a Laker fan. This man hates winning. Did you Did you know actually Kevin Foote's a Lakers fan? He told me He told me that on Sunday, because he was asking me because I was wearing my Celtics hat and he Kev. was like, "How How can I get you to take that off?" Kev, I know I know you're listening, Kev. <laughs> Why? 
Why? Why? He's not. Well, he's not like a full fledged anymore. He's happy when they win, but like he said, he can't emotionally get into it because yeah, he he said he said basketball was going to kill him. Yeah, <laughs> he said it's too subjective. Yeah, because it's like every, every possession mm-hmm. it would just be a foul right. based, based on the rules in the rule book. Anthony Street Clothes Davis. Glass bones. Now, I mean, I'm not going to lie. I'm a Kobe fan. I li- No, Kobe's, so, my, Kobe's my all-time favorite player. So I respected the Lakers when Kobe was around. But now with LeBum and... LeMickey. Dude, I can't do it. In his I in his band in his band of misfits, I can't do the Lakers, man. They just fired Frank Vogel two years after he wins you a championship. Please make it make sense. Like, yeah, yeah. One, one season after winning a championship, yeah, you're done. Right, it's your fault. Right. <laughs> you bring in Russell Westbrook and instantly go to crap. Oh, it's the coach's fault. You're right. You're right. Should have told him not to shoot those shots. It's like Carolina. Oh, we need to fire somebody. Let's fire the first-year offensive coordinator. Yeah, that makes sense. Are you kidding me? Matt Rule hasn't had an ounce of success in the NFL. Got the job in Carolina off of one good year at Baylor. And you're going to say that Joe Brady is the problem, the man who orchestrated the greatest offense in the history of college football. You're going to say he's the issue? Okay. That tells me all I need to know about a franchise. When they're just looking for a scapegoat to hide the problems, tell us, Cowboys. It tells me everything I need to know. Quick update on Cajun softball. They are currently playing in Illinois. Top of the second. Cajuns lead one to nothing. That one run coming in on an RBI single from Maddie Hayden. So we'll keep you updated with that game once again. Top of the second. Runner on second with two outs. Cajuns lead Illinois one to nothing. Take a timeout. When we come back, we will talk some Cajuns baseball. We've got some audio from Matt Deggs from yesterday's press conference. We'll dive into. We'll get some audio from Jay Johnson as well before tonight's in-state rivalry showdown in Baton Rouge. Here on the game, 23-7 Lafayette, 104-1 Lake Charles, Southwest Louisiana Sports Station. Had a rough day at work. Got lady problems? Not to worry, because you have two wingmen right here. You can be my wingman anytime. Now back to more Crunch Time with Miguez and Mesh here on The Game. 1037 Lafayette and 1041 Lake Charles, Southwest Louisiana's sports station. It's time to laugh until it hurts. Pain, luckily for you, will be for a great cause. This Saturday, April 23rd at Angel Hall on the campus of UL Lafayette, Cajun Comic Relief is back. The comedy event, with its proceeds benefiting the Cajun Navy Ground Force, will feature comedians and entertainers such as Sam Jobert, Steve Shaw, and the region Cajun John Morgan. KADN news anchor Jeff Horshack and our very own big, bald, and beautiful one Raymond Parsh III, you know him better as RP3, 
will serve as co-MCs for the event. Tickets cost just $30, and they can be purchased at eventbrite.com. Once again, that is eventbrite, B-R-I-T-E, dot com. Welcome back to Crunch Time with Miguez and Mesh here on The Game, 1037 Lafayette, 1041 Lake Charles. Matt Miguez, James Mesh, and you. The Game Hotline, ringing off the hook, ringing nonstop throughout the entire commercial break. We we had to weed out the callers, but it's cool. It's fine. Mike joins the show. Mike, what's going on? Hey, what's going on, guys? How's your Tuesday? Uh, I love the show. Uh, I just had a comment about uh, you know, some of the previous callers saying that uh, I, that the Pelicans aren't going to win the game. They may not, but I, I guess I'm of the opinion that they are going to win the game. Um, I, I think the Pelicans are definitely trending in the right direction, and I think that they played as bad as you can play in a first half uh, the other night. Uh, C.J. McCollum was 2 for 11. I think Jonas, Jonas was 3 for 12. Uh, and, and, you know, they were down 19. But, listen, they fought back. I think they have a lot of good pieces. I mean, you got C.J. McCollum, Brandon Ingram, Trey Murphy shooting the ball really well. And then on defense, they didn't really know what, what they were doing. They kind of felt Phoenix out for the first game. And even Chris Paul said it. He said, you know, they, they, they were going underneath screens. They gave me the open shot, and I took advantage of it. So I think they're going to make some advantages to, uh, or some uh, changes tonight, and I think they, they win the game. Uh, I, I'm going to go out on a limb and say they win the game. So, you know, that's my call. I appreciate that. And, and I actually agree with you. I, I think the Pelicans are going to win tonight and even the series. Um, like, yeah. like, like, like you said, I mean, they can't play much worse – than they than they did in game one and they only lost by eleven. No, yeah, they were in the game, uh, and I think the the you know the lights were pretty bright, but I think today they're 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 used to it. They understand the the crowd situation, and I think they play better. I think yep. they come out the gate a little better. And uh, like you said earlier, they started the game not so poorly, and I think even the commentators in the game said it. Right. Listen, if, if they don't play so bad in the first half, they win the game. So. Yep. Uh, I'm interested Agreed. to see what happens. So. No, I appreciate that, man. I really do. Okay, y'all have a good day. Thanks. And I agree with him. He 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 said the lights were bright. They were nervous. I mean, again, I, I touch on this all the time, but think about where they came from. Those kind of stats and and the journey that they've been on that runs through their mind too. They were one and twelve, three and sixteen. Everybody counted them out. This team needs to leave New Orleans. This team's not doing any favors to the NBA. Blah, blah, blah. And now they're in the playoffs. Not what anyone expected. They had to play two very emotional games against San Antonio and L.A. to get to this point. So Sunday night, I, I bet you that first half can go down to two things. Number one, and, and fans probably don't want to hear this, they were probably exhausted. And number two, they were nervous. The lights were bright. They're playing the number one seed in the West, the tougher division of the NBA. Playing against a team that hasn't lost double-digit games at home this year. The Suns were 32-9 and in the footprint center this year. So I think their nerves got the best of them. I think their fatigue got the best of them. They tried to fight back late in the game, and they just didn't have enough gas. I think tonight's going to be a different story. 
Also, as much as I love and respect Chris Paul, he's not going to put up 30 points a game. And he was really their only offense in this game. I mean, if you look at the box score from game one, I mean, yeah, you had Devin Booker put up 25, but he didn't shoot the ball well. The only person that can, that scored and consistently made their shots other than Chris Paul was DeAndre Ayton, who went 10 for 15. That's a big man. Big man's going to get his. That's just that's going to happen. Chris Paul is not going to be able to have a plus-minus of plus 20 every night of this series. It's not going to happen. So I think get some energy under your belt. Let your shots fall. Play free. Don't play so nervous. I think the Pelicans are going to be fine. Are they going to win the series? No, probably not. Are they going to win a game or two? Yeah, probably so. They'll they'll make it a series. But they're not going it's a 1-8. How many times has the 8 beaten the 1? Has it ever happened? Three times in the history of the league, it's the 75th anniversary of the league, and it's happened three times. My point exactly. That's like a 16 beating a one in the NCAA tournament. It doesn't happen. As an eight seed, you're not expected to win. But then again, with the season that the Pelicans have had, being in this position is a win. This season is a success, and it's been a success from, you know, two months ago, a month and a half ago. When they got put in the conversation of making a play-in spot, this season became a success. It just is what it is. All right, let's transition now. Cajuns baseball against LSU tonight at 6.30. And James Mesh, do me a favor. Tell... Where, where where can people listen to, to, to that game tonight? They can listen to it right here. You don't even have to turn your dial. You can listen to it right here. And that's what we call convenience. You see, our beautiful voices are going to get off the air. And as soon as as soon as it this, hits 6 o'clock, boom, you go, you're, you're at the game. You're right there. Chris Blair. Alex Box Stadium at Skip Bertman Field for a 6.30 first pitch between the number 22 LSU Tigers and the Louisiana Ragin' Cajuns. We'll start with the Cajuns. And, you know, they're they're coming off of a, a pretty good weekend, winning two out of three against UL Monroe. And so Thursday was a dominating win, 14-2. to two. Saturday, I mean, Friday, they give up five runs in the ninth to lose it 7-5. to five. And then they respond with a 7-1 to one win on Saturday. And yesterday at the at the press conference, Matt Deggs talked about the importance of this LSU game and what it could mean for their RPI coming down the stretch. Well, we've had a lot of measuring sticks this year, and uh, you know the the opponent. Then, like I said this morning, the, the name doesn't matter. What's across the chest? It's the game is always within your own team, and uh, you know how good your approach, and and you know how good, how well can you function together, and you know can you make big plays, big pitches, and have big at bats, and 
have the heart to take big bases. And so uh, that's that's where the game lies for us. Uh, we do have four great opportunities against two teams uh, that are mid-30 RPIs. So ours slipped a little bit this weekend, and uh, we could have swept and it could have done that. Uh, but we're still holding strong in, in the low 50s and, and still have a great strength of schedule and still have – you know, several opportunities against good programs and good RPI teams. You know, the R- the RPI is interesting. It, it's a, a rating system. I, th- I think RPI stands for Ratings Power Index or something like that. Rating Percentage Index. Percentage Index. Thank you, James. And it, it determines. It, it's a it's a formula based on who you play, who your opponent has played how your opponent has fared against those teams, where the game was played. There's a, there's a bunch of different factors that go into it, right? A lot of math. A lot of math. A lot of math that Matt Miguez can't do. So that's why there's computers and people at the NCAA that do this for a living, and so we don't have to. We just talk about it. Speaking of stupid equations, have you ever have you ever seen the uh, QBR equation? Oh, God. No. How, how, to, how to calculate no. quarterback rating? Oh, it's awful. Is, is it worse than the quadratic formula? Yeah. Well, see, see the QB, the QBR equation oh. is actually kind of fun since you're actually talking about QB stats. So you're actually kind of having fun there, and it's not technically schoolwork. That's true. That's true. So it's kind of in your mindset, but it is a very long and complicated. You just plug in the numbers, but you have to know what the order is. It's like the order of operations. A little bit. Yeah. Please excuse my dear Aunt Sally or oh. something like that. I don't know. Man, I'm so ready to be done with school. Only 25 more days. 25 more days till Matt gets his college diploma. I'm so excited. Can't wait. And then I get to pay back Uncle Sam for paying for my tuition. But anyways, sp- staying on the topic of Cajuns versus LSU, Matt Deggs spent some time yesterday talking about his relationship with the LSU coaching staff and what LSU having a new coaching staff this year could mean for the matchup. Yeah, I mean, uh, Jay and I have been competing a long time uh, from his time at, at, uh, at well, we scheduled him when, they, when he was at Nevada and then uh, he left and went to Arizona and we had some really good hookups, uh, my Sam Houston State teams and them. Uh, and regionals and whatnot, and uh, you know he does a good job. They're very offensive. That'll that'll be you know uh, very offensive. And they just ran into a buzzsaw this weekend in Arkansas, and that's a tough place when when the Hogs get rolling downhill like that. Uh, but they can really hit. They've got big arms. Uh, they've got some good athletes over there. And uh, as far as a difference, you know. Since I've been going over there, they've always been pretty good. I mean, you better, you better be ready, and and you can't give them anything. And so, uh, if we'll if we'll fill up the zone and and make plays defensively and, and apply pressure offensively, it'll be a good ball game. You see, this game is going to be incredibly interesting because the weeknight games with LSU always are right. This is always a respected rivalry between two really good baseball programs. And the last couple of years, it has been the Wally Poniff Classic game to honor the late, great Wally Poniff for 
you know, his contributions to LSU's baseball program and the money raised from the game goes to the Wally Pontiff Jr. Foundation. However, due to the Shrine on Airline in Metairie becoming a rugby park now, where it's where they used to play the Wally Pontiff Classic between the Cajuns and the Tigers, and Wally Pontiff Foundation's executive director tragically passing away last year, tonight's game is going to be the last Wally Pontiff Classic ever. Well, they didn't say ever, but for the foreseeable future at least. Uh, just due to like those those issues, like I said, making it very difficult to continually put this game together year after year. But going back to the game itself, Coach Deggs spent a short period of time talking about if they're going to beat the Tigers tonight, what are their keys to victory? Well, we're going to have to out, you know, you're going to have to score. And, uh, you know, I'm, I'm not going to use the word out hit, but you're going to have to score and you're going to have to match and you're going to have to respond and, and you can't go, you can't go dormant. It's like playing the Patriots when Brady was there and you're kicking field goals. That just ain't going to work. Uh, you're going to have to score some runs. The subtle shot to Tom Brady. You heard that? That was wow. And 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 I, I know some. I, I know you're probably thinking that's an obvious answer. Oh, you got to score more runs. You know. Yes, obviously that's the object of baseball to score more runs than the other team in the time frame of the game. Or if you look at it, just make sure the other team scores less than you. Well, wouldn't that be but scoring more than them? But it's it's more of a defensive minded mindset. But with Deggs, of course, it's he's offensive minded. So it's minded. One, we want to score more. That guy is a hitting. It's, it's essentially the same thing, but you're saying it two different ways. A hitting guru. That's why he has four batters hitting over 300, and one of them getting named the Sunbelt Conference Player of the Week this week. Have you seen Tyler Robertson's numbers in the Sunbelt Conference? It is. You ready for this? You ready for this? Yes. Here, here's his here's his batting line in the Sun Belt Conference. He is hitting 352 uh-huh. with 19 base hits, nice. seven doubles, one homer, and eight RBIs. He's got a slugging percentage of 574 and an on base percentage of 453. And in 54 plate appearances in conference, he's only struck out eight times. That's pretty good. Yeah, that's pretty good. Uh, there's there's a reason he got named Sunbelt Conference Player of the Week. I'm I'm curious. Do you want to hear the QBR formula? Absolutely. Okay, because I I do remember it. Because I remember vaguely what it was, but I looked it up really quickly. So yeah, I'm, I'm all about if, learning. If you, ne- if you never heard, if you if you don't know how they come up with the QBR, this is how they do it for the NFL and the CFL. The NCAA is a little different. So you're gonna grab A, and A is the amount of completions for the quarterback divided by the attempts minus 0.3. And then once you figure out that number, you times it by five. Okay. And that's a for B you grab the passing yards divided by the attempts minus by minus three. Once you get that number, you times it by 0.25. Okay. So that's B C you grab the amount of touchdowns divided by the attempts. And then you multiply that by 20. And that'll be C. And then for D, it's 
2.375 minus the amount of interceptions divided by the attempts and 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 the interception and attempts my, times 25 that's in a bracket okay and then once in whatever that number is it's going to be 2.375 minus that number and that'll be d then once you figure out those four you put you add a b c and d all together divide it by 6 multiply it by 100 and that's your passer rating that's very complicated yeah it's it's stupid that's very complicated I'm glad I don't have to do that. NCA is a little easier. It's uh, 8.4 times the amount of passing yards plus, right. and, and and each one of these is on a bracket. So I knew the I knew the NCAA formula. Yeah, 8.4 times the yards, 330 times the touchdown passes, 100 times the completions, and then 200 times interceptions. But you add the first three together, and then you minus the 200 times interceptions, and then you divide it by the amount of attempts. Yeah, that's crazy. So yeah, it's 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 a five that's, part it's a five part formula. You you just talking about it made my head hurt. Oh, I bet because you're not looking at it. Made you, my head hurt. Me just saying it, exactly. And and with us both now having a headache, let's take a time out. And when we come back, we'll wrap up hour number one. We'll get to some Saints news. Uh, we'll talk a couple of key pieces of black and gold news, and then hour number two will be Astros and the Tigers before tonight's contests. Here on the game, 1037 Lafayette, 1041 Lake Charles, Southwest Louisiana's sports station. From the Louisiana Raging Cajuns to the latest with the New Orleans Saints and Pelicans. Miguez and Mesh cover it all. I'm not worried. Uh, I think it's something that I can get under control. Now back to more Crunch Time with Miguez and Mesh here on The Game. 1037 Lafayette and 1041 Lake Charles, Southwest Louisiana's sports station. Man, that's a bop. If you want to help clean up Lafayette Parish, I got a way you can do that. The Trash Bash, a community cleanup presented by the Environmental Quality Division of Lafayette Consolidated Government and the Bayou Vermilion District, is scheduled for this Saturday, April 23rd. Residents of all ages are invited to participate to pick up litter in streets, parks, and Bayou Vermilion. Anyone can register. Anyone can register to volunteer, and those volunteers can register by calling 337-291-5637 or emailing recycling at lafayettela.gov. And there's no cost to participate. James you you've been a you you've been a trash picker upper in the past for for community service. I have. You, you thinking about going to do it again? There's a possibility. Ooh, good for you, you good Samaritan. You. I try. I will be working. <laughs> I will be at the LSU spring game. Yeah. So, if you're heading to the LSU spring game on Saturday, I'll see you there. <laughs> we'll carpool. Yeah, dude. Let's do it. <laughs> let's do it. Um. Let's check in on our poll question of the day. Good good fun being had on the on the Twitter space. Oh god. We've we've heard we've heard from Ton. Will the Pelicans defeat the Suns tonight and tie the series? 64% say no, 36% say yes. Ton says My heart says yes. 
my brain says it's time for a drink. And then he comments on Darren Francis's post saying, I can drink if I want to. I'm off today and tomorrow. How about this? Pels win the next three. That, well. I, lo- I, lo- I love the enthusiasm. I, I love that. However, there is, there is such thing as incorrect enthusiasm. And, and that, that is incorrect. <laughs> that, that is, wow. If, I, I will say this, ton. The Pelicans win the next three and go up three to one in the series. I will commit, I will do the punishment of your choosing. Of your choosing. Without even knowing what it is, I'll do it. They don't even have to win the series. They just have to go up three nope. one. Just have to go up three one. <laughs> okay. They could they could be the next Golden State Warriors and blow the three one lead. Hour number one of Crunch Time with Miguel and Mesh is in the books. Hour number two is going to be jam packed, so don't go anywhere. This is the game. It's one hundred three seven Lafayette and one hundred four one Lake Charles, and it is Southwest Louisiana's sports station. You're clocked out. We're locked in. You're listening to Crunch Time with Miguez and Mesh here on the game. 1037 Lafayette and 1041 Lake Charles, Southwest Louisiana's sports station. Hour number two. What you gonna do? God, I love rhyming. I'm good at it. Crunch Time with Miguez and Mesh here on the game. It's 1037 Lafayette, 1041 Lake Charles. Matt Miguez, James Mesh, and James, I shouldn't have opened my mouth. I said that I would let Ton pick his punishment. And he was listening because he posted another comment on Twitter. I'm going to keep that receipt. Let's go, Pels. (laughs) Granted, I feel very confident that they're not going to win three in a row against the Suns. That would mean winning tonight and then both at home. If they win tonight, I'll get nervous. Because I think that they can win both at home. Home court advantage is true every night. But there's something about the NBA playoffs. You have another level of home court advantage. I can see them winning both games at home. So if they win tonight... I'll get nervous. <laughs> I will. I will get nervous. Uh, but I just found out, thanks to the lovely folks at the Pelicans, that I will be at Game 3 Friday night. And I am super excited about that because it'll be my first Pelicans game in five years. Five years. I, I, was, I was telling James in the commercial break, the last time that I went to a game, it was the Pelicans and the Wizards, and John Wall played for the Wizards. Like, actually played. Didn't just ride the bench, cash paycheck. He played. That's how long it's been since I've been to a game. That was a very, very, very long time ago. Once again, let's check in on the Twitter poll question. We checked on the Pelicans one. Let's go back to this morning and check on RP3's poll question about the Cajuns and the Tigers. 65% say the Cajuns will beat the Tigers tonight. 35% say LSU will win again against Louisiana. I want to say 
I'm going to pull up the Cajuns and LSU's baseball history, but they almost always play on weeknights. And, you know, there's this mantra that the Cajuns or LSU doesn't care about weeknight matchups as much, right? Well, the last one that they played was last year, February 24th. LSU won 11-2. to I remember that game very vividly. Um, LSU scored five in the ninth to seal that deal. Against the Cajun, against the Tigers, the Cajuns are 19 and 31. They are four and six at the Teague, 12 and 17 on the road. Let's go to the hotline. I'm an idiot. Christian Clark joins us to talk Pelicans. Christian, man, first off, let me say that I am terribly sorry. I'm I'm used to having guests at, at 5.15 or 5.30, and ha- having one at 5 o'clock kind of threw me for a loop. So please forgive me. How are you on, on this Tuesday afternoon? Hey, man, how are we doing? Uh, again, man, uh, anyways, game two tonight between the Pelicans and the Suns. You know, we, we, we talked about game one a little bit earlier. It was one of those games where the Suns would pull away, lead by 15 to 20. Pelicans would make it a, a seven, eight-point game. And then the Suns would, you know, pull away again. Do you, do you see a, a similar thing happening tonight, or do you think the Pelicans start off this game a little bit better and maybe they don't have to use so much gas trying to play catch-up? Yeah, I mean, it, they definitely just looked a little shocked by the moment. Um, you know, I, I thought it was really noteworthy the way the Suns were defending Jackson Hayes at the start of that game. They stuck Devin Booker, their leading scorer, on Jackson and pretty much just had Devin you know, playing a few feet off of him. And, you know, the Pelicans really struggled to score the ball in the first half. Uh, the 34 points they scored, I mean, those tied for the fewest and a half, you know, at any point during the regular season. Um, so, I mean, I, you know, I don't think it'll be that rough. And, uh, you know, if it is, <laughs> I think they're in trouble. I mean, I think it was impressive that they even got it down to six the other night in the fourth quarter, honestly. Yeah, that that was definitely impressive. And C.J. McCollum scoring 25, he's definitely been the, the most consistent player for the Pelicans. But you look at Jonas Valanciunas' line, he had 18 points, but it was on 7-21 shooting. And he had 25 rebounds, 13 of those offensive, and a lot of them were off of his own misses. Do you Do you see him shooting the ball a little bit better tonight and maybe not having so many offensive rebounds from cleaning up his own misses? Yeah, I mean, I think that was a very rare game from Jonas, you know, him being that inefficient. I I said during the game it kind of reminded me of his Pelicans debut um, when they faced the, the 76ers, you know, way back in October at home. Um, yeah, I mean, he's, you know, if, like, you know, I think the big knock on him come play, playoff time, it's like there are times when he can struggle defensively, but... I mean, for the most part, you could always you could always count on him to be pretty efficient scoring around the rim. And for whatever reason, I mean, he just he just really struggled, um, you know, in game one. But 
I don't, I don't anticipate, you know, we see that type of shooting performance from him again this series. And, you know, I think if the Pelicans are going to make this competitive series, like he's got a, he's got to play DeAndre Ayton, you know, pretty close to a draw at least. I mean, I think Ayton was, was, you know, decisively won that matchup in game one. Chatting with Christian Clark, Pelicans beat reporter, Chris Paul put, put on an absolute masterclass. Uh, the other night, 30 points, 10 assists, 7 rebounds, shot 12 of 16 from the field, 4 of 6 from the three-point line. I, I said this earlier, and I, and I want to get your opinion on it. I don't think Chris Paul can keep this up for an entire series. Do you? I mean, I don't think he can do, you know, like 19 points in the fourth quarter again. Um, you know, probably we probably don't see another 30-10 game from him. Um but, you know, I think you can definitely count on steadiness. And the problem is that they might have a better player in the backcourt than Chris Paul. <laughs> yeah, I mean, Devin Booker it has has obviously he's been, I mean, fantastic all year long. He scored 25. DeAndre Ayton comes in with, with 21. Christian, what's the X factor for tonight? What do the Pelicans need to focus on the most to, to, to win this game? I think I'm just going to be looking out for them getting to a better start offensively. Um, you know, everything we've heard in the past two days, it sounds like they're going to stick with Jackson Hayes in the starting lineup. You know, I know there was some 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 thought among the fan base of, oh, maybe you could plug Trey Murphy in there, get some more shooting on the court. It sounds like they're going to stick with Jackson. And, uh, I mean, I think, you know, if he gets those wide-open threes, take him. You know, if his outside shot isn't feeling good, cut to the basket. But he's just, he's got to figure out a way to make an impact on the offensive end, especially if they're going to continue to stick Booker on him and, and let Booker, you know, kind of just like roam and, and sag off of him. Chatting with Christian Clark again. You know, Christian, after tonight, the, the Pelicans and the Suns will both travel back to New Orleans for games three and four Friday and Sunday. You know, what kind of environment are you expecting? the Smoothie King Center to be this weekend for those for the first playoff games in four years in New Orleans? Yeah, I mean, I, I started covering the team the start of the 2019-20 season, so I've, I've never got to see a playoff game inside of Smoothie King Center. Um, but, uh, you know, if that, if that play-in game against the Spurs was any indication, I think it could be a pretty incredible atmosphere inside there, and I expect it to, you know, even if they are coming back, go to um, – but, I mean, you know, that playing game against the Spurs was an amazing environment. And, uh, you know, when that place is, is rocking, it's a, it's a really, really fun arena. Yeah, there, there's no question about it. It's going to be a great environment this weekend. Christian Clark of NOLA.com joins us. Christian, appreciate you taking the time, my friend. And uh, I'll see you at the Blender Friday night. Yeah, of course. Thank you. There you go. It's Christian Clark of nola.com and matt's an idiot guys matt's an idiot james i'm gonna be honest with you man if it wasn't for you texting me saying you ever gonna start this interview i was it was like i probably wouldn't have you started talking about cajuns and lsu i was like couldn't this wait for another segment? I'm, I'm so used to doing our interviews at five fifteen, five thirty. I'm trying. I'm trying to. I'm, I'm trying to move 
most of the, most of the interviews to five and five thirty. That way, people who want to call can call because sometimes I see phone calls and I can't right. get them at four thirty because we have a guest on. Right. I'm just I'm I'm so used to our old way of doing it that I <laughs> I was I was just, it was a five o'clock segment I I was I, the whole segment was going to be me like I just needed I needed to talk about something and well you know. <laughs> We're about to have a a blooper segment of all the mistakes that Matt makes because because yesterday I I asked somebody how their Easter was and turns out they're Jewish. Then this and then you had the <laughs> may have to grab from Friday. What happened Friday with the with the Mariners? Oh God! <laughs> no, that's just idiocy. Is what that is. We, that, we can have, that, we can that, that's bu- not a, that's not a blooper. That's just idiotic. But it, but it's hilarious. It is hilarious. It, it's very, it is very, very, very funny. Um, interesting news here. The University of Florida has filed a trademark application. Uh, oh, those are always, <laughs> that that always goes out well. Can, can you guess what they filed a trademark application for? Gator Chomp? No. Oh. Scared money don't make money. Oh, come on. Are you joking? Football coach Billy Napier went viral last fall after using the phrase to explain why he elected to go for a touchdown and not a field goal before halftime. Funny how they mentioned that that didn't occur at the University of Louisiana. No, that, why would they ever want to? I don't think that's going to go over well. I don't think. I don't think he's going to be able to get that approved. Was that Billy himself or was that the university? It was the university. Oh, okay. But either way, that's not going to get approved. That's a common phrase. You're not going to be able to get that trademarked. Especially since... When he said it, it wasn't at the University of Florida. Yeah, yeah. It, it was you, at Cajun Field. If, if you go to the video, it's at Cajun Field. He's wearing a UL polo. Like, come on, that's not gonna work. What are you gonna do? Edit, edit everything right. out. You're gonna put him in. Put him in blue. You're gonna turn his black shirt blue, and then put, really? a, put a little gator on on the. Uh, Please, where, where the Cajuns was. Please, get out of here with that mess. That that's that's actually hilarious. And then. You know, there's, there's, you know how there's always trolls on Twitter, right? Of course. This guy by the name of Steve Platt. He is a Florida Gator fan, supposedly. <laughs> Breaking news: Arch Manning has committed to Florida State University. What? A huge get from Mike Norvell. When has Florida State ever been in the conversation for Arch Manning? Uh, that's fun. Because last time I checked, it was down to Texas, Alabama, and Georgia. Oh, I didn't even know he took LSU out. LSU is out. Yeah, he's I down. Didn't. He's down to three. I didn't. I didn't. I never thought he was gonna go, but I. I thought they were still in the running. He's no. He Texas, Texas, Alabama, Georgia. So Ole Miss and Tennessee are out, mm-hmm. which I'm sure. You know, Hurt, hurts the rips, rips the Manning family apart. Oh my goodness! Um, How will they ever recover? Tennessee, not so much, but definitely Ole Miss. The fact that he's not going to Ole Miss, I'm sure, is making Papa Arch pretty angry. Because I don't know if you've ever seen Book of Manning, the ESPN film that they did on the Manning family. But uh, Archie wasn't too happy when Peyton went to Tennessee. He got over it, of course. Had to have. <laughs> but he wasn't very not, happy. Not a happy camper. When, uh, when, when Peyton said that he was going to Tennessee. So I can only imagine that the anger kind of came back a little bit when 
grandson sat down and said, "Sorry, Pop. I, I, I don't. I don't think I'm going to Ole Miss, Pops. Sorry, Pat. Pat. Ugh. Yikes. All right, let's take a time out right here, and when we come back, I'll get back to that LSU UL conversation that I was having. We'll, we'll we'll talk more about that, and we'll have some audio from LSU head coach Jay Johnson here on the game 103.7 Lafayette and 104.1 Lake Charles, Southwest Louisiana Sports Station. Time to open up the vault for the games this day in sports history. April 19, 1960. For the first time in baseball history, uniforms begin displaying players' names on their backs. The Chicago White Sox are the first to do this in the MLB by putting names on their road uniforms. That was this day in sports history. We now return to the game. 1037 Lafayette and 1041 Lake Charles, Southwest Louisiana's sports station. You can experience Festival International like never before by winning the Festival International prize pack from the game. Sign up for the rewards club, 1037thegame.com or 1041thegame.com, and you will get the chance to score a pair of bon ton passes. Exclusive access to front row and stage areas, shaded seating, air-conditioned restrooms, express drink lines, shirts, pins, and a poster can all be yours by winning the Festival International prize pack from the game. Southwest Louisiana's sports station. Crunch time with Miguez and Mesh. Matt Miguez, James Mesh. 21 minutes after 5 o'clock. Be smart, kids. Be smart. Remember when you, when you have a guest on the line waiting, waiting to be interviewed by you. Idiot. Anyways. Tigers, Cajuns, as I was, as I was talking about earlier. Played tonight in about an hour from Alex Box Stadium. And this is, it's always been an intriguing matchup. You know, the, the Cajuns, they went on a three-game stretch. 2018, two times in 2018, and then in 2019, where they won three straight games. Uh, one was at at the at Russo Park. And then two were in Metairie. And that broke a five-game losing streak for the Cajuns that started at the 2015 Super Regional. It's always been a fun matchup, like I said. Uh, They play each other at least once a season. The last ten matchups, the Cajuns are four and six. And the smallest margin of victory... James was in 2019 when the Cajuns won six to five. Largest margin of victory came in 1999 when the Cajuns won 11 to three. That's not right. Oh, largest margin of victory for the Cajuns. That's what it was. That's what it was. I was about to say, wait, that's eight runs. The Cajuns lost by nine runs last year. That's not right. But I I understand now. I understand. It all That's another one to the list. <laughs> yes. James. <laughs> you're not helping my cause here, uh, my friend. It's just funny. Jay Johnson had a press conference yesterday and and one of the biggest topics of conversation is the injury update on Alex Malazzo and Gavin Duga. 
I hate answering these questions only just because I want to keep the, the, the focus of the guys that are on the field. I texted with Alex Saturday night as we were waiting for our plane. You know, we obviously need to get him back. Um, but, I mean, it just he can do just about everything but catch. And so that's tough when that's his, his skill set. So we'll, we'll see. I haven't seen him. We're, we're past that two-week mark. Or, excuse me, it'll be the two-week mark on Tuesday from when I guess he re-aggravated it, and that was kind of a key evaluation time. Gavin swung the bat yesterday, felt good about it. We are going to crank up the intensity of uh, whether it be live at bat or, or machine with velocity uh, to see how effective he can be. Yeah. yeah, I mean, they both want to play, and, you know, I mean, you guys have known them all longer than I have. Uh, they, they care deeply about, you know, making a positive contribution to this thing. So we need them, too. We, we definitely could use both of them. Alex Malazzo, like Coach Johnson said, is a key piece to the Tigers' success as well as Gavin Duga. Something that LSU has been struggling with this season is leaving runners on base. Uh, they, they have done it at a pretty high clip this season. And, and Coach Johnson was asked, the runners if leaving runners on base changes your lineup at all yeah i mean if i could have jacob dylan come up the bat every inning i would there's no doubt about that but you know we put a lot of thought into that at some point you know it gets to like again you have to move the ball and and like i said i mean for me it's it's not just leaving them out there it's it's a strikeout looking in the first, and then it's a weird umpire call in the third, and then it's a strikeout looking in the fifth. You know, two-strike hitting, it's a big foundational piece of what we're trying to do and just get back to work on it. The, the, the thing is, like, we're not so deep where it's just like, okay, bring this guy in. You know what I mean? Like, the guys that are scuffling a little bit have to provide a better at bat, and we'll provide the coaching for them to try to do that better. The Cajuns and the Tigers will play tonight at 6.30. It'll be the first time that the Tigers are back in the friendly confines of Wally Poniff, no, Wally Poniff, Alex Box Stadium in a week. Uh, it's actually been a little longer than that. Uh, their game against Lamar last Tuesday was postponed. So it's been two weeks since the Tigers have played a game at the box. And Jay Johnson was asked, how it feels and what it means to be back home. You know, when I, I first looked at the schedule, there was two things that jumped out: was the, the road opponents, and when we're through three of, of those five, and then there was this this kind of back-to-back, you know, national champ and the number one national seed, you know, and then it's a compressed because the the Easter thing. So I think it's going to be really good for us to be back at home. The other thing that goes missing is. You know, we're, we're constant. I'm talking about the play and developing and improving. Good players can do that anytime, but it certainly helps to be at home and, and to be able to, you know, pull, you know, a player in, you know, on, on an evening and get in work in the cage or in the morning and or on the infield and, and those types of things. So it kind of allows us to get back to that, and I'm really excited. Cajuns Tigers, 6.30 first pitch. You can listen to it all right here on the game, 103.7 Lafayette, 104.1 Lake Charles. James Mesh, you were just told – that you should be a stand-up comedian because you're just so damn funny. I'm just so funny. You are. Just, and 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 you know what's even better than that? No. The fact that you're funny looking. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Insert laugh track. <laughs> Insert laugh track. Do you have a laugh track? 
No, but oh. I can get one. I was about to say, that'd be pretty funny. That would be. That'd, that'd be a good sound effect to, to have queued up. I still need to get, the, I still need to get a, like a bomb sound effect for whenever like Woj, Woj yeah. bomb or glass breaking for breaking news. I still need to do that. I've been yeah, meaning to do that. Yeah, bro, get to it. Get to it. Let's update the poll question real quick before we head to a timeout. Will the Pelicans defeat the Suns and tie the series? 61% say no, 39% say yes. We've got a new comment from Darren Francis. He's commenting back to Ton saying he can drink if he wants to because he's off today and tomorrow. Darren says, I know what you voted. He said, drinks on you, bro. I don't blame him. Um, drinks, drinks would be on him if that would be the case. Drinks will be on Jarrett. Right, <laughs> right. Drinks will be on Jarrett. Raymond Parsh the third posting some shots from the box as the Cajuns and the Tigers are about an hour away from first pitch. Go like it up on Instagram. Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, all of it. It is Raymond Parsh the third and Kevin Foot. Together in Baton Rouge. So you know what's interesting about this game, and we didn't, we haven't talked about this yet. So Jacob Berry, third baseman for the Tigers, transfer from Arizona. His father learned this today. His father played baseball for the Cajuns mm-hmm. in the nineties. Yes. I found out about that uh, yesterday. No, so, we, we so no because we, we yeah we both found we out talked about it. about it. Yeah, but I didn't realize it was his dad. Oh, you didn't know the, that was his dad? Well, the picture looked pretty old, so I yeah, thought they, it, it might have been. It I thought, like it, I thought it might have been like grandfather or something. Yeah. Um, but no, it was his father that that played for for Mike Bollinger here at at U at the time it was USL. Um, so. There, there was an interview with, with the dad, and he was talking about how you know they keep up with the Cajuns and usually cheer for the Cajuns. He said, but tonight it was going to be leaning a little more purple and gold just because you know your son comes first, right? Um, no, son, I hope you lose. I hope you strike out five times and y'all never score a run. I hope you get stranded on base. Eight times. <laughs> eight, I want you to hit eight singles and never leave first base. <laughs> That's what I want to happen. Or or just get teased and uh, you get to third, but you can't get home. Oh. Ooh. <laughs> Ooh. Get, get to third with no outs and then have, have your next three guys strike out three times. Yeah, they, they hit it right at the uh, pitcher. Yeah. And he catches it every time. Oh, man. Too, too funny. Let's take a timeout. When we come back, we'll stay on the topic of baseball, but we'll go to the pro level. Brian Lalima of Apollo HOU and Sports Talk 790 in Houston will join us talk about the Astros' big win last night, Jose Altuve's injury, and look forward to the rest of the week. Here on The Game, 1037 Lafayette and 1041 Lake Charles, Southwest Louisiana Sports Station. They could debate who should win the MVP, but they'd rather argue who has the best hair in sports talk radio. We just washed the hair. You know, I worked on my hair a long time, and you you hit it. It hits my hair. Now back to more of the stylish crunch time with Miguez and Mash here on The Game. 1037 Lafayette and 1041 Lake Charles, Southwest Louisiana's sports station. Louisiana Rage Cajuns. 
<laughs> take on the LSU Tigers tonight at Alex Box Stadium. First pitch is set for 6.30, and you can listen to all the exciting action right here on the game, 103.7 Lafayette, one zero four one Lake Charles. Also, the Houston Astros take on the Los Angeles Angels at Minute Maid Park. Usually that would play here on the game. But due to LSU and UL, first pitch for the Astros is at 7.10, and you can listen to the game on our sister station, News Talk 98.5. Crunch time with me, guys, a mesh here on the game, 36 minutes after 5 o'clock. The Astros winning 8-3 to last night over the Angels, but at a cost. Let's talk about all that with Brian Lalima of Apollo HOU and Sports Talk 790 in Houston. Brian, good afternoon, my friend. How the hell are you? Good afternoon, my guy. I'm, I'm doing okay, man. Doing okay. Another week, uh, more baseball to be played. I'm, I would love to be at Alex Box Stadium. I'm not going to lie to you. I'd like to check out an LSU game. Yeah, man, especially tonight's game. I mean, LSU and the Cajuns, that's always a, a great matchup between between two in-state college baseball programs. And, you know, the yeah, Astro... We, Go we've ahead. got a... Uh, at Apollo HOU, we have a really big uh, college baseball podcast if the listeners want to go check that out. 11.7 on Twitter. Uh, no that's, way. That's a really big podcast that we do, so go check that out. Wait, 11.7 is in the Apollo network? It is, yeah. We just... Uh, ben Upton and Dimitri, those guys came over to Apollo a couple of months ago. Um, probably at the beginning of the year, if I'm not mistaken, and they joined our Apollo Podcast Network. So yeah, they're they're a part of uh, our network now. I did not know that. I in, I've interviewed I interviewed Ben Upton on Friday. Love Ben. Um, I'm just you know I'm glad that he's actually acknowledging me on Twitter right now. I hope he hears this interview because there was a while he just he big leagued me, man. It's okay though. It's we'll, okay. We'll, we're working we'll, through it. We'll we'll tag him in on Twitter. Uh, we'll we'll I make can't sure wait. we'll make sure he hears it. But yeah, <laughs> let's talk. Let's talk about the Astros game last night. Again, the eight to three win over the Angels. Jordan Alvarez coming back with a bang, hitting two home runs last night. However, this win kind of came at a cost. Jose Altuve beat a throw out down the line, and he he came up kind of gimpy. Uh, ended up leaving the game. What, what's the latest? You know, you guys being in Houston, y'all y'all hear way more than we do. What what's the latest on on Jose Altuve? With, with that injury? Yeah, so with uh, with Jose Altuve, it's a hamstring strain. He's listed as day-to-day. Um, Dusty Baker had his media availability uh, about an hour ago. Uh, he didn't have any new updates. They just said that, you know, he was going to be um, going in for more testing and that he, was just, he would just be listed as day-to-day. I know Altuve and his media availability last night after the game um, said he was more scared at first. Uh, when he went down onto the ground, uh, but when he got up and started walking, he was kind of relieved that it didn't hurt as bad as he thought it would. But again, with these man with these soft tissue injuries, they can linger around for a long time. Alex Bregman went through some hamstring and some quad issues. Um, one of the biggest notable hamstring issues here in Houston sports history is Chris Paul back in 2018 or whatever it was when he was playing for the Houston Rockets in the Western Conference Finals. The Rockets were... You know, a lot of people here in Houston in the sports media and just the fan world always say that the Rockets were a hamstring away from winning the NBA title. And we thought Chris Paul was going to be back. We thought that he would, um, you know, be able to shake that injury. But that thing lingered on for a long time uh, throughout the season. Then he gets healthy, then he comes back and hurts it again in the Western Conference Finals. So without Tuve, that's one of the things that you got to, you know, you have to, to remember is, 
these things take time, unfortunately. So I, I don't, I wouldn't be surprised if there is no rush uh, to get him back. He was struggling at the plate. I think he finally got a hit last night, and it was on that infield single. So you know, this might be a good time to to take some time, really get this hamstring, you know, 100. percent Don't rush back. Eledmus Diaz is going to step in tonight to play second base. We'll see Jeremy Pena at leadoff. So. That's the latest when it comes to the the actual hamstring. It's just day to day as as of right now. Yeah, I heard that if Pena hits a home run from the leadoff spot, y'all are giving a shirt away. Yeah, we are. I wouldn't be surprised if we give a couple of shirts away. If, if Jeremy Pena hits a leadoff uh, a leadoff home run for the Astros tonight, one Minute Maid Park is going to explode. The roof is going to be blown off, and two, the internet is going to break here in Houston. So yeah, we're going to be giving away. So check that out. Uh, at Apollo HOU on Twitter. You can check out our website at uh, ApolloHOU.com on all the socials. It's at Apollo HOU. We're going to be giving away a shirt. Do you have any of our any of our merch by chance? No, but I want some. Man, we got it. You know what? After this, give me your sizes. We're going to get a gift gift box sent out to, sent out to you guys. Oh yeah, absolutely, absolutely. Um, so you brought up Minute Maid Park. You brought up the roof exploding off this place. Let me ask you this. Is the roof going to be operational tonight? Because last night it was closed due to a mechanical issue. Yeah. So I was at the the home opener last night, and let's flash back to the World Series. There was a couple of games with the roof open. And at first a lot of people opposed it because they wanted to keep all the noise inside of Minute Maid Park. Because Minute Maid Park, when you get, you know, 45, 50,000 fans in there screaming, it is a very, very loud and electric atmosphere. Um and then last night, when we were cruising into downtown Houston, we saw on Twitter that it was going to be a roof open kind of night. We got to Minute Maid Park early. The roof was open. And then we saw something was going on with the mechanical issue, and they had closed the roof. So I don't know if they had closed the roof and then tried to open it back up and it wouldn't open. As from the latest that I've heard, it's going to be closed again tonight because of that issue. So, you know, it, it's, um, it's a beautiful it's a beautiful venue when the roof is open, whether it's open or closed. But I, I prefer the roof to be open from a just fan sitting in the stands with the roof open. You can see the skyline, especially if it's a nice night like it's supposed to be tonight and last night. Yeah, a little unfortunate. I don't know what's going on. They need to figure it out, though. It's the home opener. Come on now. Right, right. Brian Lalima of Apollo HOU joining us. I've been to many Astros games, and I want to say I've only been to two where the roof was open. Did you like it open? I did. I, I thoroughly yeah, enjoyed see, it. It's, it's, it's actually pretty nice when it's open. It depends on the weather. Now, if it's 80 degrees and muggy, no, you better close that damn thing. But uh, if it's a nice night or nice afternoon, which we don't get very many of those during baseball season, open it up, man. Right, right, absolutely. Tonight's pitching matchup, Framber Valdez against Patrick Sandoval. You know, Valdez kind of struggled a little bit in his last matchup. What can, what can we expect out of Framber tonight? You know, I wish I had to answer that question because it's like I'm, I'm with you. It's like what uh, what are we going to see from Framber Valdez? Are we going to see lights out Framber where he's cruising through six, seven, eight innings where he commands his fastball, his cutter, his changeup, and and drops the hammer on people with his with his off you know with his curveball? Or are we going to see Framber Valdez that can't find the strike zone, can't establish his fastball? So I wish I had the answer. I, I don't know. Um, I, I would think being at home, uh, first time pitching at home. This season for him, seeing what he did last outing, seeing the struggles, obviously you've got all the analytics at your hand uh, to go back and review footage and review film and things like that. I would say, man, I'm just hoping for him to at least get through six. 
You know, just command your fastball and just throw strikes. Let's make it simple here. Just throw strikes. Right, right, yeah. Uh, you know, the, the like you talked about, the Framber where he's commanding the strike zone, in my opinion, he's one of the deadliest pitchers in baseball when when he's on like he's shown to be. But like like I asked, is that going to be the Framber Valdez that we get tonight against the Angels? Brian, one one question that I got to ask is, so last night was the home opener. They unveiled the banner and they handed out championship rings to the players. Tonight yep. and tomorrow, they're going to hand out replica rings to the first 10,000 fans in attendance. Tonight's going to be Jordan Alvarez's ring, and then tomorrow night is going to be Jose Altuve's ring. Over, under, they run out of those in 30 minutes. Uh, 30 minutes? Yeah. I'm going to take, take the under. You should see what the fans of the Houston Astros do for giveaways. Um, at Minute Maid Park, there are usually lines wrapped around the block at some giveaways. So I would say the under is is definitely the bet to make here. People love love those replica rings, um, especially the kids. Man, I mean the, the kids eat those things up. I, I I think it's a cool a cool change that they did, and then they personalized them this year by doing a, a Jose Altuve and a Jordan Alvarez. Because in the past, they've done replica World Series rings, replica ALCS rings, where they gave them out in limited quantities, like first 10,000, 15,000 fans. But then they would do giveaway nights where they would, where everyone with a ticket would get one, but they weren't personalized. This year, it's a little different. So I like the change, but yeah, it's, it's going to be an under. Those things are going to, they're going to give those away in 25 minutes. As soon as the first rush of fans come in, they're going to be gone. Like, no one's going to be able to get them. That's crazy. Yeah. Jordan tonight, Jose tomorrow. Uh, looking down the list, Yuli Gurriel on May 2nd, and then uh, Michael Brantley on May 23rd. Definitely a cool concept, but you know, man, I'm a bobblehead guy. Yeah. I'm, yeah, I am too, and I was, I was a little upset. I, I, didn't, I didn't make it there early enough to get the bobblehead last night, but I love I love an Astros. But actually, not even just an Astros, just a sports bobblehead, bobblehead in, general. in general. I've got a nice right. selection in my, in my game room. Um, I, I missed out on the opportunity to add to it last night. On Sunday, it, it's Orbit's birthday, so there's going to be an Orbit bobblehead. Oh, that's sweet. I'm, that's I'm sweet. About I got to try to make it there for that one. Yeah, I, I'm definitely about that. Brian Lalima of Apollo HOU has been our guest. Brian, appreciate you taking the time. Enjoy the game tonight, and uh, we'll start our new segment next week with with you guys. Yeah, look, yeah, look forward to it, man. I appreciate it uh, each and every week, guys. Yeah, absolutely. Brian Lalima of Sports Talk 790 in Houston and the Apollo HOU Network. Cajuns softball update. It is the top of the sixth, and the Cajuns lead 2-1 to one with the two runs coming off of a Matty Hayden RBI single and then Ari Quinos. I think I butchered that last name, but that's fine. Uh, scoring on a passed ball to make it 2-1 to one in favor of the Cajuns. Once again, top of the sixth, two outs, two runners on, on second and third for Louisiana. Let's take one last timeout. Actually, before we do that, Tan has come back again. 
He has tagged the game, myself, and James in this post. It is a shared post, and it is a statistic. Chris Paul's record in playoff games officiated by Scott Foster is 0-12. He's 0-12 when Scott Foster is one of the officials. Scott Foster is the head official for tonight's game between the Suns and the Pelicans. Does that record extend to 0-13? Will Matt get nervous? Like I said, I'll be very nervous if the Pelicans win tonight. Because I don't want to do whatever punishment Ton has up his sleeve. I, I, James, why do you let me open my mouth? Why do I open my mouth? <laughs> why do I talk? Uh, you, you amaze me. Uh, <laughs> I'm an amazing human being. I really am. Um, God, why did I do this to myself? Anyways, second time out. When we come back, we'll wrap up today's show and we'll get you set up for a wacky Wednesday here on the game. 1037 Lafayette, 1041 Lake Charles. Southwest Louisiana's sports station. The guys here in the game dugout love baseball. It was the game that was passed down to them by their fathers. Hey, Dad. You want to have a catch? had such heartwarming moments. This guy threw at his own kid in a father-son game. Now back to more baseball talk here on The Game. 1037 Lafayette and 1041 Lake Charles. Southwest Louisiana's sports station. Welcome back to Crunch Time with me guys and Mesh here on The Game. 1037 Lafayette. 1041 in Lake Charles. And it is Southwest Louisiana's sports station. We've got about two-ish minutes until we get out of here and we'll take you we're, we're gonna we're gonna transport you very quickly we're gonna go from karen crow to baton rouge like that pretty impressive stuff what we're able to do over here at delta media cajuns tigers 6 first pitch pregame will be at six and again you will hear that here on the game astros angels will be on news talk 98.5 they start at 7-10. The Pelicans play the Suns game two tonight. That starts at 9. James, your Celtics play tonight. What what, what you thinking about that? Was I don't want I don't want to be also known as the kiss of death. Uh Ooh, <laughs> Oh God. <laughs> you, you you brought that out on the air. <laughs> I was supposed to say private. Uh I think the Nets, there's no way the there's no way the Nets will go down 3-0 for sure. I know this is game two, but I'm, I'm talking about as well as getting to game three. I I think the Celtics should win this one. They should. But if that's the case, Brooklyn, I believe, will take the next one because there's no way Ayo. Boston goes up 3-0. Hey, what if they do, though? I'll be ecstatic. <laughs> what if they – because they're playing in Brooklyn. No, they're playing. No, they're in Boston. in Boston right now, but so then they'll go would be in Brooklyn. Three and four will be in Brooklyn. Okay. Which I mean, the Celtics, right? They didn't really have a problem being in Brooklyn. I'm just at, at some point, something's got to give. You're just trying to be the good fan. I understand. I get it. Tuesday has come and it has gone. A big thank you 
to Christian Clark, although it was five minutes late. I'll get the hang of it next time. <laughs> Thanks to Brian Lalima of Sports Talk 790 for joining us and the Apollo HOU Network. Cajuns and LSU, once again, Alex Box, 6.30 first pitch in the final Wally Poniff Classic. Everybody have a great Tuesday. Be safe. Be well. Hug your mom and them. I'm going to get some crawfish and watch the Cajuns and Tigers. This has been the game, 1037 Lafayette, 1041 Lake Charles, Southwest Louisiana's sports station. Bye!